Smushing. Welcome to Generation of Why Am I Like This. I'm Casey. I'm Liz. And I'm Alec. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. And this one is a week where it's not about our childhoods at all because it's about something more fun. It's less trauma, more bonding. It's Pride. Yay. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Liz is crying because it's Pride Month. She's like so mad that the homosexuals have rights that she's sobbing over there. Oh, I thought she was crying for us. (laughs) She's allergic to gays. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the the little white like dachshund that is homophobic. Have you seen those memes online? (laughs) No. Oh my God. Stand by. (laughs) Go ahead and talk. Well, now I'm just so interested. I, um, since it's Pride Month, and also listeners, this episode is coming out on my birthday. So as a little treat, I am wildly not prepared for this because I was spending the whole week playing um, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. (laughs) Yes, we all were. Yeah. Um, We were just talking about it for like, what, 30 minutes before we started recording finally. Yes. After we're like, we need to record early this time. It's so good. There, I just it's sent so a picture good. of the homophobic dog. That's just like oh my one. Gosh. Oh, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It, it looks like the dog did, they did the drawing when it's like, didn't I do it for oh my you? God. <laughs> Why did I do it for you, Kirby? <laughs> Kirby! <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to everyone listening to this episode right now. I'm not. You got to hear me sing. What a privilege. What a treat. Also, if you don't like this episode, it's homophobic, right? So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Any judgments right now mean you're a bad person. True. Yeah. That's it. Simple. Yeah. Um, prejudice isn't cool. But what is cool um, is also not this show. Honestly, it's really lame and I love it so much. Um, <laughs> Queer's we, Folk. Yeah. The you brought back the Stop Hate campaign. Oh my god! We should do a stop I, hate photo shoot <laughs> for the podcast. You mean no hate? Oh yeah, yeah, no hate. Thank you. No stop hate. I was watching a show where they had to come up with team names, and one was like an all Asian team, and so their team name was Stop AAPI Hate. And they're like, "Do you really want to beat and kick out Stop AAPI Hate?" Oh my god! <laughs> like <laughs> Queens. Yeah. Um, but the no hate campaign. Two things I love. One is that. So many Power Rangers did it, and it's a group oh, together. Really? So there's a beautiful over, what it, it's not saturated, but it's like the whitest photos ever. Yeah, they're yeah. so blown out. The one, the, the Liza Minnelli yeah. one gets me every time. I'm gonna text it. That's to just y'all. how she photographs. Um, <laughs> She's glowing. Yeah. The other one is a guy I went to high school with. His older brother is gay, and so um, the he had two brothers. So the three brothers all did one together. But like the gay brother also did like. A, a photo shoot with his two brothers where he's shirtless and then the gay brother just did like several photos by himself that are super sexual or he's shirtless too and i was like what a day that must have been right? <laughs> That's to be like let's go support our brother and he's just taking like slutty photos being like no don't hate me <laughs> we love you i love we it. love my dead gay son <laughs> uh, anyway oh. i love my slutty gay brother <laughs> 
Honestly, allies, truly. Allies. I appreciate it. I love it. It makes me happy. Um, for those of you who do not know, Queer as Folk um, originally was a British TV show and then came over to the States in 1999 um, on Showtime and ran until 2005. It was five seasons. And it was about a lot of white gay people. Um, cis gay white yeah, people. Cis yeah, cis white gay people. It did not try and show a lot of different walks of life, and it's problematic for that. Um, but hey, it was the 90s and the early 2000s. Come on, Liz, it's the 90s. <laughs> Come on, Liz, it's the 90s. Blanket statement at all was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very much drawn to this show because it. I, I was 19 when I first watched it. It was like my sophomore year of college. Mm. And it mixed together the two things I needed right then, which was very sexual gay men, but also somehow feeling like a poorly written teen drama. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's like the soapiest of soaps. It's so, so dramatic. It's so blown out of proportion, everything. Um, but they do touch on some like really interesting issues, I think. Um, yeah, did they handle yeah. them well? I don't know. I don't want to say. I mean, everything always <laughs> like seems worse. Not not that they couldn't have done better, but, like, everything always seems a little cringy, you know, 20 years down the road. A hundred percent. In 20 years, we're probably going to be like, wow, we need to scrub our podcast from the internet because we're the worst. <laughs> if 20 years from now, we have to worry about that, good for us. I mean, <laughs> or are you just, like, hoping we're all dead? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that I don't think anyone would be, like, be listening to this still. Well, and yeah. also, like, nobody, none of us are going to have, like, careers where it's like, oh, we better get rid of that None of us are going to have from... careers. We're all just going to be <laughs> Period. Because we'll be dead. This is Alex's future. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back. It all comes back to Oh, my death. gosh. Thinking of being in my 50s, I'm already tired. I've been tired. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Thrown on my back three times, and I'm in my 30s. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. It's just downhill from here. That's rough. <laughs> So I started watching this um, because my roommate, my sophomore year, his name was Brenton. He had these on DVD. And I think I actually started watching season two. Uh-huh. Um, this was like 2007, 2008. So the show was already done. Yeah. Um, and then that winter break, because I'd only watched the second season, I was like, I want to see all of it. So I went to Half Price Books and they had all five seasons there. Classic. And so I was like, well, I'll just buy them all. And then it became like a weird comfort show. Because I have so many of those. <laughs> you know, that's like crazy because I, you are the person who exposed me to Queer's Folk first. I'd never seen it before I started watching with you, right. Casey. Mm-hmm. And, but in my head, like, I just like assumed that you had seen it. Like it, you had known about it for so long, but probably mm-hmm. only like a year or two before I started watching it with you. Literally two years before. That was my sophomore year. And so that, yeah, that would have been 2000. 7 2008 yeah that's crazy yeah two th- no 2008 2009 so yeah i met you 2010 so it wasn't that long at all i just benched it so many times probably by the time we started talking i'd already like seen it four or five times because that's me that's and crazy. tv shows um, i love that though yeah that's yeah, probably what it, it was that you just like you knew everything about it already and i was like okay he grew up with this me? show <laughs> hyper fixating on a show <laughs> i would never i don't memorize everything about it um well, typically this is where I'd be like, what's your interaction with this? But I was mm. there for Alex and Sorry. Liz. I'm pretty sure this is your first interaction with the show. Yeah, I mean, I know I knew it existed. Uh, it was not something 
I don't know. I mean, I it's about a bunch of gay men, so I feel like for me it wasn't like something wow, in my you're stratosphere. The <laughs> well, I mean, they feel like very side characters in this. I don't I haven't watched do. that much of it, but they didn't seem super important to the plot. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean I just I just think it wasn't necessarily on my radar. Um so but I, I you mean before two thousand five, you weren't watching a whole bunch of gay men have sex on Showtime? <laughs> no, yeah, that like was something set up. Sex scenes, dude. It's <laughs> intense. I only watched two episodes, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I have to tell you, Liz. There was one episode I really almost made us all watch. Which one because I think it has some cute moments. Um, it's one where Emmett is very heartbroken because him and Ted. Um, had a big horrible breakup and Emmett has lost his light of being his sparkling self so him and Michael go to like a gay camp where there's like people dressed up as fairies and they're doing mushrooms and whatnot and Mm -hmm. I almost had us watch that because there's just this one scene where it's a whole bunch of naked men playing volleyball for a really long time and it's so (laughs) awkward because it's like the longest floppiest penises just bouncing around and i was like do i do this or not (laughs) i know i like watched this in the middle of the day today and blair went on a bike ride while i started watching it and i had it on and like the screen door was like open and then i was like (laughs) i wonder if my neighbors can hear this because it was just like every other scene was like uh uh like and it was like then it was like normal talking and then it was like fucking and then it was talking and then fucking and i was like "Eh, whatever i don't care i can just think i'm watching porn in here i guess it's fine (laughs) well that's the better option that's the better cover for it it's like i'm just watching porn it's okay well no i'm just saying that's what it would sound like to someone (laughs) that doesn't know what i'm actually watching well it's written like a porn just full out so (laughs) many scenes it's so bad um I will say one of my favorite memories of watching this show was I was doing some summer stock and Alec came to visit me and I was in a shared like space. We had our own individual bedrooms, but we only had like one living room. Mm -hmm. And so it's Alec and I sitting on this couch and I have five other male, like straight male roommates. And it's just Alec and I on this couch too. They were were like scene shop bros. (laughs) Our apartment, they named balls deep and they had an inflatable ball pit just in the no. living room that's who i was living with and we're just watching the show where men are just fucking they're like coming home like my roommates are bringing in their groceries putting away and there's like a blowjob going on in front of them and they're like cool <laughs> it was i'm kind of like a bonding wild. moment <laughs> yeah i should have made them like sit down and watch it with us yeah but... if they didn't you'd be like you're homophobic yeah i really hated them though so that was probably that <laughs> They actually all listen to this podcast, and they're not bad. <laughs> they were our six listeners, um, <laughs> including myself, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've seen this so many times. I, I'm very happy to like talk about this show because I love talking. I, uh, I think like the weirdest thing about the show is so like it's set in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and. I today the analogy I made when I was talking about it with Isaiah was like Pittsburgh in this universe Pittsburgh is to the gay community as like Sunnydale is to like monsters and demons and Buffy because it's like there's <laughs> it's like everyone is gay in Pittsburgh and I'm like yeah you can't just like go to the grocery store and have a conversation about like this guy blew your back out a week ago like it's still a 
like a grocery store in a predominantly straight like white area yeah it's, it's um, wild it's also... and like the gym they're just like having like all these conversations like it could be like uh catering to the queer community but like it still just seems like all of these conversations are happening very explicitly which i'm like for but also just doesn't seem yeah. realistic for some reason um in this universe pittsburgh looks like toronto but acts like it's the castro gee i wonder why <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i this gave me the most false idea of like what gay life would be because this i watched this before i could go to bars or do any of this stuff Mm -hmm. so i was just like oh my god people literally so you were like the the 17 year old kid that fucks people (laughs) in the show (laughs) Uh, no i only went to like missy b's was gonna be like babylon yes (laughs) and then you walked in like oh man (laughs) well and babylon is a lot to live up to for any club that's Uh, it's a lot. Honestly, it looks fun now in my life. I was like, I'd go there, honestly. When I was younger, I was like, that's so scary. People would hate me there. Um, Which they probably still would. It looks stressful to me now. I'm like, I would go. I would like go. Casey, if you were like, we're going, meet me there. I'd be like, fine. I would show up and I would have a drink and someone would probably bump into me and I would spill it and I'd get angry and leave. Like, that's exactly (laughs) what would happen. (laughs) I would probably hate it, but I wouldn't be like intimidated to go there. I'd be like, okay. I, the nice I thing in, in queers folk the night for the listeners club babylon is like the gay club that is like in every episode almost like it feels like every yeah. episode ends with them at the club and there's like a really bad remix of like an Inya song or something and it's, it's... like the bronze or p3 yeah <laughs> yeah well or anything that's set in new york city um this is the New York City of the show is Babylon. It's the fifth character. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth character. Uh, yeah. But they do make it look like there's a lot of like, because there's like little catwalks and like balconies and stuff. I'm like, there's probably some quiet areas up there. Like you could just yeah. hang out with people. Well, and then they have the whole back room. Literally, have, this is the, like. There's a lot of holes in that back room. Yeah. Babylon is a warehouse. Just so everyone knows. It is this giant warehouse. Like Alex said, there's catwalks. It's like three stories tall for no reason. And then on top of that, they have this giant back room where people just like fuck like crazy. Yeah. Um, I thought this is what gay clubs were like. And then I went to one. Yeah. Listening to a good look at the back room of this episode. Oh, I thought that. Well, you didn't watch the full first episode. I feel like it's in there at some point. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I'm sorry you need to see more blowjobs. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I robbed you of that experience. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's such a lie for. I'm sure there are clubs like this, but I. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Casey's lights just went out. That was very funny. <laughs> my computer keeps on wanting to go to sleep for no reason. Um, uh, at least it didn't boot I'm, from the call. I thought it did for a second. I was nervous. <laughs> um, you couldn't see my face because it went pitch black. <laughs> I could see your little ears glowing. Yeah. That's funny. It's just the That's ears. amazing. <clears throat> Happy Pride Month. <laughs> but I, one thing I did like about this show, which actually rewatching, I've, I've rewatched three seasons of this before we recorded this episode. Yeah. Um, I've been planning it for a bit. Don't give me that look. But just. It really reminds me of how interacting with other queer people used to be and not to be one of those like old people of like back in my day, but like there's, I don't know, there's some more teasing and lightness to it that I was like, oh, I feel like you could not say any of this today. There's so much stuff you could not do without really upsetting people. But I also remember it was like, um, 
I don't know, like a sense of camaraderie back then. Hmm. Like I, I remember all my lesbian, like lesbian friends, like calling them the D word. I don't feel comfortable saying it on mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they would like call me a fag back and we would like laugh and have a good time about it. Um, but it's just how it was. And now I'm just like, I feel like you couldn't go to a gay bar and like just casually say that. Um, not like, oh, my whole life is revolving around calling people slurs and I wish I could call them slurs. Um, <laughs> you're, you're just turning into Roseanne Barr giving her stand-up special about <laughs> cancer culture. <laughs> I am. No, it's just, um, I, I feel like it's a weird sense of camaraderie that like has devolved a bit um, that I do miss. And I think mostly I feel it because I think of my friend group when I watch this show. Yeah. Um, that it I really, mean, like, reminds me of it. I think part of it is just, like, that the queer community is a lot more, instead of being, like, a niche community, it's a lot more just in, great integrated into everyday society. I mean, I, yeah. I, like, I live in New York City, like, it's very much just, like, you know, you turn a corner and there's, like, a, a pride flag hanging in a bar or something. Like, mm-hmm. it's very normal here. But, like, I definitely did not have any, like, big groups of gay friends or anything like that and like i have a decent sized group of friends now that are mostly queer from working in theater and and just living in new york but uh like i didn't grow up with that and so i don't think i really have a good grasp on that sort of um camaraderie oh my gosh it's why i was so jarring going to avala (laughs) and being the only out gay person yeah that was wild (laughs) truly a theater department where i was like yeah. i'm it and people treated me like i was a zoo animal it was a wild you were because there was no one before you <laughs> i they literally like oh my god are you gay and i was like yeah why i literally have like a dick in my hand or something um, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you open your mouth and just like semen dribbles out. i just like oh yeah god. when you told i just can't get over because i remember you telling me this and like i just was like, oh, fuck. I never even, like, thought that that was, like, a thing that was happening to you. Well, yeah. I mean, I just... Well, because I I met Casey, and I was like, oh, my God, he loves Buffy, and I want to be his friend because he loves Buffy. Like, I didn't think anything... Oh, yeah. I'm not thinking, like, oh, like... I, you know, I just, that wasn't even like a thing I thought about. And then it's like hearing that you had that experience made me sad because I was like, Mm. oh, fuck. Like, the fact that you were, like, so weirdly, like, like i don't know it was so yeah it was so strange like the amount of people are like oh my god i've never had a gay friend before and i was like great what a weird way to try to make a friend like (laughs) that was like Like, an introduction that's like how people introduce themselves to me and i was like i didn't know we were friends (laughs) i mean i'm sure it's like good intention but like sure it's just like what the fuck like (laughs) i also think that's what we get for going to like a catholic university i mean like it was like on the progressive end of the catholic Mm -hmm. spectrum if that's possible but like still like people who come grew up catholic like they're not going to know a lot of gay people oddly enough it was started by nuns so it obviously was like more progressive because american nuns are pretty gas yeah yeah um it's the only part of the catholics that are still kind of (laughs) cool and they're like barely cool (laughs) exactly um (laughs) truly 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 but i it was just so strange (laughs) of an experience because the school I went to before and like again this show really like takes me back to a specific time and place like I had two gay male roommates um our best friends were uh two lesbians um there were like bisexual girls that we hung out with like all the time people would like 
there came out often. I don't know. There was a joke because That's um really impressive. Yeah, one of our lesbian friends moved in with us um, illegally for a while, and we were the only room on the bottom floor of this like dorm building mm-hmm. um, of housing. Like it just ended up that way. There were only like two large rooms down there for some reason, and we were one of them, and the other one couldn't be used because the windows were too small for fire exits. <laughs> amazing yeah so then a rumor went around the school and i could i literally heard people say this walking around campus of like did you hear that there's an entire floor of gay people in Lattimore? how wild <laughs> it's like they segregated like, you <laughs> we're like you're not wrong but but there's it's four of not us like it's on <laughs> like it's not like it was like thought of as like oh put the gay people in the basement yeah so i mean i I will say my first roommate in college, Adam, the reason why we were paired together is because I wasn't even out yet, but we were the two incoming gay kids. And so they roomed us together. And they were like, we thought that you would get along. Uh-huh. <laughs> and same thing. Um, well, we requested Brenton to room with us, but the teachers are so weird. He wore um, makeup to his college interview. And they were just like, I remember one of the professors coming up to me. It's like, he came with paint on. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, he's wearing, you know, a painted on face. And I was like, I don't know what that means. She's like, he was wearing makeup. Isn't that so um, interesting? And I was like, I please go away from me. This is so yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, that is uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm so sorry for so many segues already. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's Pride Month. We're going to talk about it. It's Pride Month. I'm talking about gays and camaraderie. Um, camaraderie. And all that fun stuff. Yeah. I guess we can take a deep dive into the show, right? Yes. Yeah, are we excited? Yes. <laughs> um, so the premise of the show is probably the most problematic thing, and it's really awful. <laughs> For the first episode, uh, we had Liz watch the first episode and the main one we're talking about maybe today. Um but in the first episode, there's a kid named Justin who's 17, yes. and he goes to a gay club and essentially... He doesn't even get to the club. Oh, he doesn't? I don't even remember that part. I hate yeah, he's just first outside. Casey's like, I've watched this 15 times. <laughs> I have, but the first episode is so cringy and so bad on so many levels. It's very dramatic. Yeah. Oh my I gosh, mean, when Brian's on the roof of the building and he's yeah. like... We're here. Yeah. I want to die. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. It's so dramatic. Um, but Justin is this 17 year old high school boy who goes to like gay town, essentially in Pittsburgh and called Liberty Avenue. It's Liberty Avenue. Um, and, and meets a, a man a named called... Liberty, Liberty Avenue. Where I used to <laughs> suck dicks and talk with you. Oh, memories. <laughs> uh, but he meets a man named Brian Kenny, who's almost 30 years old. And oh, he's so they annoying. Hook up. I hate Brian so much. Sorry. I, I, I don't know why I like this show because I hate most of these characters. I wrote them down so I could like talk about them all. And I was just like, I really, I like like three people maybe. Is Hal Sparks one of them? No. Oh, oh my God. Michael's Michael's fucking Michael gets worse. really annoying at some points. I like. Oh my god! I have a hate love relationship. <laughs> anyway, I will say the I, I immediately was like, oh my god, I know this guy, and then I like look him up on IMDb, and I was like, no, I don't know any of these things, and then I was like, <laughs> wait a second, is he 
in the I love the eighties and I love the nineties. Yes, like, yes, and so yes, then I like so looked at his like person, like it's like, uh, as self section of IMDb. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, okay. Like, here we go. So I was yeah. like, Oh, Hey, I loved him on that. Like, cause he was, it was like him and Michael Ian black. I feel like were like the main yeah. people that I remember. Yes. On those shows. Yeah. They talk so they, much. They ran so, it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved those shows so much. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Another so, episode. Anyways. <laughs> um, but so Brian, his quote unquote friend group, I don't know. They all hate him and love him and they all hate each other. It's such a weird friend group. They have yeah. such strange interactions. But um, is Brian's friend from childhood, Michael, played by Hal Sparks, who's like the narrator at the start of the show. But yeah. then they realize it's an ensemble show. So that goes away pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, then there's Ted, who is kind of like a dowdy accountant who's miserable most of the time. He's like the Eeyore of the group. I yeah. really related to him. Very much so. <laughs> I love Ted. He's the one that started the porn site. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's Emmett, who's like a small town, Emmett super flamboyant gay kid. Emmett Honeycutt, who's mm, one of my name. faves. He's the sweetest. Yeah. I love Ted and I love Emmett. Those, I don't like Ted. <laughs> I love Ted, but I like, I, I like I get Michael not more liking him. I Michael's the biggest asshole. <laughs> oh no, Brian! Brian is hands down the biggest asshole. And then he never like apologized for anything. Like spoiler alert: if you're ever gonna watch more of the show, any of our listeners, spoiler alert: he gets cancer, and then they just expect you to feel sorry for him. And it's like, no, he's still an asshole. He's just an asshole with cancer now. Yeah, I will say, being older and watching the show again, I was like, I don't hate him as much because there are things when i was younger i was like he's being such an ass i was like i guess to be fair he said he was gonna do all this stuff up front just no yeah, one believed him i, guess I was so. like but he like, has like no sense of like empathy for people no like, people will be like that really hurt my feelings and he'll be like why go fuck yourself and i'm like uh well no he would be like well why don't you just go get fucked and feel better about it because yeah. <laughs> that's all brian does brian's character is sex that that's yeah. He has yeah. sex with people, and that's a personality. Small, the smallest of segues. Uh, I am doing a watch through of um, Desperate Housewives for the first time, and we're on season five, I think. That's or wild. Four. To me. I don't remember. That's wild. Um, but Susan uh, Terry Hatcher is well. I'm past it now, but is dating the guy who plays Brian, the same actor. And I'm like, I had a moment. Where I was like, what uh, the fuck? This is so weird. Okay. And then I was like, it's so weird that this character is like playing this kind of nice guy who's dating Susan. And Isaiah was like, oh, well, the actor's not really gay. And I was just like, it really, I had to do a deep dive of like the sexualities of all the actors, which is none of my business, but also I really wanted to know what it was. Yeah. Ted and Emmett, I think, are the only two gay main characters of the four. And Teddy wasn't House even Sparks? out when they were filming the show. House Sparks House is Sparks straight. isn't. Mm-hmm. No, Hell Sparks, um, I think is like really vague about his sexuality, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when they filmed this, though, he is like, I'm not da 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 da. So I just kind of went with that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. Yeah, and then out of the the four main group, well, I guess five with Justin, um, are the majority of the storylines, and then there's a lot of like auxiliary characters, but they're just there throughout the whole se- like series. Um, so there's Ben who ends up being Michael's boyfriend, which is honestly my favorite thing because until they meet Michael's storylines for the whole time, or just that he's in love with Brian. 
And it's so boring to have like a season and a half yeah. of him just being like, I love my best friend. Um, which is also Teddy's storyline about Michael too. I was like, why do we have two of the same storylines going on <laughs> for these characters? No. Oh, so bad. Um, then there's Debbie, who's a shining light, and I love her. Um, who's uh, Michael's mom. Yeah. I love Debbie. Um, Vic, who is Michael's uncle, who's HIV positive. Um, the lesbians, who they treat like they're main cast members, but have storylines like they're not. Um, <laughs> there's Melanie and Lindsay, who Lindsay in the first episode has Brian's baby. Um, uh-huh. And then later on, Melanie has Michael's baby. Um, yeah. Well, also, like, in the episode we watched, like, there's this hang-up about porn with one of them. And she then proceeds to, like, I'm like, where is their child during any of this? It's very selective when they decide to include the kid in any of this. Gus comes and goes, yeah. I'm like, they're literally just, like, fucking in the middle. Like, they're just, like, getting naked in their house. Like, I... I mean, you know, whatever, do you, do you, but I'm just thinking, like, if there's a child somewhere around here, it's a little weird. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, their whole storylines, I'm excited to get into this specific episode, because I, yeah, I want to talk about them. Um, <laughs> then there's Justin's mom. I could not remember her name, and I didn't feel like looking it up. Yeah. I don't um, remember either. She's, like, she starts off, like, homophobic, but... Like, she really turns around as, like, a huge ally. She's, like, a total Liz by the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying I started off as homophobic? No, I just... No. I just, <laughs> well, ally. I did... That, that, that did sound wrong, but you're a, you're a big um, ally. Yeah. Well, and well, her storyline is nice, because um, Justin's family is kind of, like, falling apart, because not only is Justin gay, but he is a little shithead and the most irritating child ever. Um yeah. His, his dad is worse. His dad is super homophobic and abusive. So there's that. Um, but Justin's mom is just trying to keep everything together. I feel so bad for her every time I watch it. I'm like, you're doing your best. And then she becomes a real estate agent and then gets a boyfriend who's younger than him. <laughs> younger than her. I do love that happens because then Justin's like, mom, he's too young for you. And she's like, your boyfriend is older than you by like 12 years. You cannot talk to me about this. If I'm yeah. fine with you dating this old man, then you've got to be fine with me dating someone who is age appropriate for me. That's, um, that's Justin's mom. She's fine. She's not really after the se- the first season. She's not really in it a lot. Um, and then there's Daphne, who's Justin's best friend in high school. And then yeah, she's in she's a few cool. seasons, like episodes after the first season, but also kind of fades out. And then there's my least favorite character in the show, um, Hunter, who <sighs> is. Just the after school special, like incarnate. He he's is such an asshole. Yeah, he's a runaway teen who's homeless and is a sex worker who's HIV positive that then gets adopted by Ben and Michael. And and I don't know why they added him to the show. He's just there. Like maybe they want to talk about homeless youth, which is like important in the queer community because it's yeah. so like pervasive. But it was just oh, such a weird way to do it. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it. But the, that's the whole ensemble, which I will say, this is shorter than the cast list for just one season of Glee. So that's wild <laughs> of them. <laughs> it's um, not a Ryan Murphy property. <laughs> it's not. No, you can tell. It's very focused on these main characters. And there's kind people of. that come and go and boyfriends and shit. Um, 
We watched a specific episode, mostly so that when I ramble about this, Liz also had something to like hold on to. <laughs> but it, Some it's weird, to, right? It's weird to talk about like a five season arc of a character or a whole show from just watching one episode. But I will say I will never bring up this show again um, in a full episode context. So I just kind of want to knock mm. it out this time. Sure. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? So I was thinking for the episode, we could just go by like the character storyline by character storyline. Cause it's easier to do that than mm-hmm. how it happens chronologically. Yeah. So we get a repeat of a storyline we've had a billion times where Brian and Justin are like, Oh, we're a this happy like couple together. This happened. Yeah. Um, and then Brian has sex with someone outside of the relationship. And Justin's like, that upset me. And he's like, but this is kind of what we agreed upon. Um, and. <laughs> well, in this episode, it makes it feel like they didn't agree upon anything. And it was just like, hi, you're living with me now. And then he was like, wait, I'm living with you. Why are you fucking someone else? Like 90% of like, the problems in the show can be solved if people would just like talk to to each other like straightforward gotcha. and we're like this is how i feel like the problem with brian is like he doesn't like to talk about feelings but like okay. everyone but just none kind of, of them like, do assume that the other person knows how they feel and i'm like oh, that's not how it works it's why debbie is so great it even happens yeah. in this like justin like moves out of brian's place and then goes to debbie's and tells debbie what happens and literally like, in the transition, Debbie is talking to Justin, and then her voice carries over to talking to Brian about this issue and, like, yelling at Brian for how he fucked up. And I was like, why is Debbie having this conversation? Because she's the best, and she solves everything. Yeah. Debbie also runs, like, a little diner, and I would go to that diner every day if it Also, were the rudest thing that Brian did in this whole episode was be like, where's my breakfast? After he ordered it, like, two <laughs> seconds before that. I, and yes, I was like, I get the fuck out of here. I'm like... Excuse me, she's working, and she just filled up your coffee, and she's doing something else. She just took your order, and you're going to be a dick to her? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I Debbie's character in the show is wild to me, because she's just Brian's, or not Brian, she's just Michael's mom. Um, she's in everyone's business, and she's amazing. Yeah. Um, there is an episode where she's overworking, because she's trying to work more to help pay for Vic's um, like medical needs. Mm-hmm. And she like falls to the ground, and her wig slides off. And literally, like, 19-year-old me watched this, so I was like, oh, it's a wig. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, wig. Like that Katy Perry like, gift. Wig. Wig. Uh, yeah, and then she, like, uh, later on, they find, like, a dead body and the garbage behind the diner. So then she starts, like, investigating the murder of this kid because no one will. Leads it's to wild. The, her biggest weakness in the whole show is the fact that she ends up marrying a cop. No, she dates a cop and they break up. Oh, I thought they ended up getting married or, or like no, it doesn't work out because in the oh, fifth season God. she befriends. Um, I think it's Rosie O'Donnell is on the show for a bit, <laughs> who's also a divorcee, and then they like have a short lesbian relationship before Debbie's like, you know, I tried this, but I am just straight. I'm so sorry. Uh, so <laughs> her her storyline's bonkers. I love it. <laughs> um another tangent anyway jumping back to the episode (laughs) so then yeah justin moves out he talks to brian about it after debbie yells at him and then they finally set up parameters on the relationship which i i i think is a little 
I think it's fine, but also a little weird. I always feel weird when people have an open relationship where they're like, the first rule is you can't kiss anyone else on the lips but me. And I'm just like, the, okay. The thing that really bothered me about it was that they're, part of their rules is that they can't know the person's name and they can't like contact them. Like they, All the they rules can't have a phone number. Yeah. They can't have an email. They can't have their, like not having their name is wild to me. Cause I'm like, what if, like, it is 2000 or 2001, whatever. Like, yeah. what if you get an STI? Like, how do you yeah. communicate to this person? Or how do they communicate to you if they're like, hey, I have gonorrhea? Like, You're like a thousand take percent care right. of yourself. Like, oh, that part drove me wild. It, it, like, you could tell all the rules came from, like, the weirdest place of insecurity. Where I was just yeah. like, this isn't how you do this, boo-boo. Because, no. yeah, it should be the opposite. It should be like, you tell me who it is. You give me their phone number. You tell me the location if you're going there. You give me a heads up if they're going to be here. Like, yeah, those are the more important ones. The don't kiss them on the lips and make sure you're home by three. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, I'd like to know you're alive. Uh, but that's right. <laughs> but yeah, and then Justin moves back in. Um, that's it. That's their storyline. I... Yeah. They do this so many times. Like, spoiler alert, spoiler alarm, Justin breaks all these rules with a guy and then leaves Brian for this other guy. And Brian the whole time is like, that's fine. These are your rules that you broke. Like, I don't care one way or another. I told you I'm happy to have you here. Which which is why I give Brian a little bit more credit. Because before Justin even moved in, he told Justin, like, that... I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to do this stuff that I always do. Like, I'm not changing. If you want someone who's going to, like, be their perfect boyfriend, then I'm not it. Go somewhere else. And I was like, yeah. he just, he wants, he wants it. He's just so stupid and young. He's also 19 dating someone who's in their 30s. So that's just ick. So. Yeah, it's even worse than calling by your name. <clears throat> yeah. At least I didn't waste a peach. <laughs> <laughs> What's somebody think of the peach? <laughs> Oh, I still haven't seen that movie, and I don't think I ever will. Well, now Army Hammer's ruined it. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I guess the next group to talk about is Ted and Emmett. So Ted recently got... Yeah, he got fired for um, <laughs> looking at porn at work. Um, <laughs> so then he decided to start his own porn website. <laughs> Jerkatwork.com. <laughs> .net. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> which I love. That it's .NET. Because <laughs> nothing to me says it's like the 90s or 2000s to yeah. have a website that's .NET. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, Ted has a guy to like literally just masturbate on webcam. And then that <laughs> guy the makes... the it... <laughs> video feed ever too. I mean, like, I know that they didn't have the technology, but... No. Well, well and like for the show, I, I understand that they don't do like graphic sex. Like it's all like yeah. soft core. You don't yeah. you don't see bits doing things and whatnot. But it's Same. so funny to me that they show the camera on them and the camera's like full on on their face. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like every time they're doing anything and then he's like, but then they're talking about how big his dick is but then i'm like you can't see that on the fucking camera so why does it matter like and at least they could have faked it by like only showing part of the camera screen or something like i'm like there was other ways around this but like the fact that you're like wow your dick's huge and then it's like no how do you know that like you can't see that on this camera (laughs) which this is another 
lie that this show says. One is that you can find a gay person by just throwing a stick and someone will be there. Two is yeah. that apparently every gay person has a giant dick because it happens all the time. They'll it's be like, pro- I hooked up with someone. They have the it's largest dispro- penis. Disproportionate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, one, I'm just like, who cares? Two, wh- why everyone. It's not special now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that town would someone be like, I need a small dick. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm looking for the tiniest dick in all of Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh. I do like that's because that's a I... different club. Mm. <laughs> what would that be called? Like Gherkin's Gherkin's nightclub or something? <laughs> <laughs> what? Gherkin, like a little pickle. Yeah. <laughs> a Cornish like appetizers. Yeah. Oh, pickles. <laughs> oh, um, pickles. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so Ted has a guy that's working for him to like jerk off on the internet, but they realize that he only made eight dollars in one day. So then that guy quits, and then they find Which this legit. Po- yeah. Oh yeah. Especially well, and Ted- Teddy was making a bunch of false promises. Yeah. He was like, "You're gonna have a four hundred one k, and you'll be making <laughs> no, this much." And he's like, "This was fourth quarter projections." And I'm like, "Shut up, Teddy. You're yeah. what's wrong with this country." Uh- <laughs> Teddy voted for Trump. Yeah, but no, <laughs> I don't endorse that one. Um, but while um, Emmett and Ted are at the gym freaking out about how Ted's going to like have a successful business, they see a porn star that they know and have tried to get work from before <laughs> named Zach O'Toole. Wonderful name. And they're going to hire him. And then the day he's supposed to like come in and perform, um, <laughs> which sorry. When they're talking to Zach, he does this thing where they're like, we're going to give you a limo and your own personal fluffer and pay you this much. He, this isn't going to work on a podcast, but I don't care. Sorry, listeners. But he's like <laughs> in the sauna with, like with his eyes closed, head against the wall. And then they're talking and he like subtly like opens up both eyes and like blinks back and forth really fast at them to look and then shuts them to be like, don't look at me. I'm not looking at you. And I was like, well, is this it is because they're cute. like staring at his dick. Oh, no, they, they were, like, looking at him. They weren't looking at his dick yet. Well, but, like, every time they, like, cut to him, like, peeking at them, they were, like, I feel like Teddy was always, like, yes, and we'll do this thing. And, like, he, like, is <laughs> oh. thirstily looking at his dick and, like, the you know, that's porn fair. star that's guy, Teddy. like, yeah. <clears throat> He's, I don't know. It just always looks so cute to me of being, like, when I open, just, like, looking, looking at yeah. them. And then it's, he well, shuts them so tight. Because a bad actor because he's just, yeah. like, a bodybuilder, essentially. Yeah, he's he's like a porn star. Um, yeah. No offense to any porn stars out there. Um, All offense to porn stars. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of that SNL skit with um, Emma Stone, where she plays the wife that walks in on the couple. <laughs> it's supposed to be like her nephew and her boyfriend are having sex, but she's like the woman in the porn that's supposed to walk in on them. Yes. Yeah. And, she goes and she's into, trying like, to think of the backstory. Yes. Yeah. I just I saw that like for the first time very recently, like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it's so funny. I love it. Anyway, so uh, the night of the big jerk off event, <laughs> Zach O'Toole gets caught up um, filming his big scene for his porn movie, so he doesn't make it. So then Teddy forces Emmett essentially to yeah it's really masturbate on camera yeah I mean like Emmett gets into it because he says like oh I'll give you all the same things I was gonna pay this other guy and he's like okay but like still the way Teddy's really pushy at first is not cute no not at all he's so neurotic and like overbearing Um, that's why I don't like him yeah which is fine (laughs) um 
Yeah, so then Emmett masturbates, and then we find out that Emmett also has apparently the world's largest penis. And then they make a lot of money, and they become successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's their story. Um, Melanie and Lindsay... <laughs> I Sigh. Here's the thing. This show is so inconsistent with how they write them. Because Lindsay yeah. is supposed to be one of Brian's best friends. And she's, like, not prudish. And she makes jokes about it all the time. But then randomly this episode, she's like, Teddy's starting a porn company? Well, that's just so wrong and horrible. And why would you sell yourself? And why would you do sexual acts for this and that and show off your body? And I was like, who are yeah. you? And then is, like, upset because her wife is, or her fiance, I don't remember if they're married yet, is, like, a fiance had been in a porn magazine when she was like fresh out of college or something and she has like this existential crisis but like is she even upset because she i would say her... she never really got that upset i feel like she like had the yeah. thing and then she was like oh you did this and mm. then like the next scene was like her jerking off to the, to yeah. the images. <laughs> like i i i don't know i just i felt like it was kind of like a very weird way of her accepting that porn isn't that bad or something, but like she never actually explicitly said anything because she was like, other than, Hey, I wish she wouldn't have lied to me because I don't want to have any lies in this relationship, which I was like, that's not really a lie. If it was something that happened way before she knew you and she just kind of didn't think about it. Like, (laughs) yeah. And it's not something you need to confess. It's like, it's such a weird thing. Do you need to know my, like, here's my resume of every job I've ever had. Yeah. (laughs) This is how I've made money. (laughs) Right. Um, But what, I do love, because Melanie's the one who um, did the porn earlier, is that they're talking about it in their living room. And then Melanie casually walks over to a box and she's like, well, just so you know, and then just like pulls out the porn magazine that she was in from this box. Mm -hmm. That seems like it's just always been in their living room. (laughs) Like, she's like, this is where I keep my nudie photos of myself. I thought she went to go get the box, but maybe I'm crazy. I also was expecting there to be way more. Like, I was like, this is a whole box of porn, but then it was just like that one magazine. And I was like, is that all you did? Oh, I thought it was just like a a box of like important materials. And for some reason, she's like (laughs) like the right next to my kids. Right. Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying when she brought the when she had the box, I was expecting there to be a lot more. But it was just just ended up being the one magazine, which. Well, it seemed like she just kind of did it on a whim. Like she wasn't like a porn model. She just like did one shoot or whatever and ended up being in this magazine. Mm -hmm. It was very tasteful. Yeah, it was in in We. Oh, I will say, so this show loves to show off um, penis a lot. But also, it loves, it loves a boob. It loves a boob. It'll show nipple. It'll just show a tit. Um, And this is the equality we want from other shows. That's all I want to say. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that they only have two lesbians and there's so much boob in this show. Um, It's good for them. Good for them. Good for her. Let's go, lesbians. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Target right now has a Live, Laugh, Lesbian shirt, and I'm really yeah. debating on buying it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the final storyline of this episode is Ted, who recently quit his store, uh, quit his store, quit his job as a, being an assistant store manager, opens up a comic book shop, and then a, a hot, nerdy, hunky man comes in. <laughs> who's probably I thought the storyline so was good. cute. 
I love it. Yeah, I love Ben cute. so much. It's also just like Ben's a good character and like having it be their first meeting is adorable. Yeah, Ben adds so much to the show because he's the first character that's like not obsessed with sex and relationships, has a personality outside of just sex, but also has like a history and a past that adds interest to the show. Whereas everyone else is just kind of like, we've always known each other. And you're like, okay, great. The conflict, (laughs) the interest. Um, Anyway, so Ted just opens his comic book shop. And then Ben, who's a local professor, is coming in looking for specifically like homoerotic and queer materials to talk for his class, which is like homoeroticism in literature. So then after Michael talking to him for a little bit, he's like, hey, Michael, you who I just met, should actually do this lecture for me instead because you know so much about this specific topic. Outsourcing your, like, tenured college lectures to this random person at the comic store. Well, and good for them. Pittsburgh University or wherever it is. Uh, It's Carnegie Carnegie Mellon. Mellon. It's Carnegie Carnegie Mellon. Mellon. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was going to say for having the money, but it's Carnegie Mellon, so they probably do. Yeah. To the last minute, hire a guest lecturer to come in. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like, was there any offer of money? <laughs> like, They're better hey, then. I'll blow your back out if you come to this lecture. I mean, he probably would have taken it. True. And more ways than one out. Hey. <laughs> um, so then Michael is feeling insecure because he doesn't think he's smart enough to, like, give this lecture. Um, so then he doesn't show up for the day. And well, then he ben does comes show back. up. Oh. And then people, there's like students that are like, why the fuck are we talking about comics? Like, what the fuck is this going to be as interesting as this novel I read by so-and-so fancy author name? And then yeah. Michael was like, I feel <laughs> bad <laughs> now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not smart. I can't talk about this. I, this is not sophisticated. Um, it's yeah. whatever. So then Ben talks to him and essentially gives him like, I don't know, not only reassurance, but like the truth of the matter of like, no, this is just as important as anything else we're talking about. Um, the information you have is important. Comics can be important. It's nice. So then Michael goes, gives a lecture. He gives a nice speech that I actually like. I like, cause I feel like that's how I felt for a lot of media was just this idea of like equating so many different characteristics for like superheroes and other characters in general with like being queer. It's why like, I love the X-Men, which is like the least subtle Mm -hmm. version of that in comic books, I think. Um, But it was nice. He gave a nice little talk. And then at the end, him and Ben hook up, but then Ben says that he's HIV positive and then we get a blackout. And then in the blackout, we get nice dance music for the outro, (laughs) which made me laugh so much. So that's this episode. I feel like I like sprinted through it, but I also took a while just to get to the topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot happened. There's a lot of different storylines. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the <laughs> outro, though, <laughs> uh, uh, the intro for the show. I almost forgot to talk about that. It is okay. A lot. It has gone, <laughs> not the guys. So there's a bunch of like men in underwear dancing, like ripped white dudes in underwear dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, all of the backgrounds would totally be, like, super cool to, like, be at an intro, I feel like, in 2023. Yeah. Well, and looking at it, too, I honestly, so, I don't know if they still do this, but when I started going to gay bars, um, specifically Missy B's, if you went to the second floor, on a lot of nights, they were showing, like, porn, 
but they're also yeah. showing like weird go-go dancers yep. and i swear they had like the same backgrounds like it was this vibe so mm. is the only feeling i got where i was like this is accurate to gay culture <laughs> this dancing right here um so i like that i think i was at um liz do you remember when we took you to hush in hell's kitchen and they mm-hmm. did that drag show there um they, we were there one time with KG and we were waiting for coat check and one of the TVs was playing a Harry Potter porn parody and we were like sitting there we're just like is that person because you can't hear it because it's like music's blasting but we we're like yeah I think that's supposed to be Draco Malfoy and I think that's supposed <laughs> to be Harry Potter and Harry Potter is getting fucked up the ass uh interesting it's so good I mean that's the episode um I guess the only other thing I didn't bring up was that when Alec and I would watch this, we had a drinking game that we would play. We had a drinking game and we would always like stock up and then you would have like one Bud Light and be like, I'm tired. And I was like, boo. It's because I'm lame and we know this. And I do get, (laughs) alcohol makes me so tired. If I'm not like at a bar drinking where I have to stand up and have to do something, then I will just go to bed. Do you remember what the rules were though? (laughs) Yes. I'm trying to pull it up because I found them. Um, oh my god what do you have the picture yes. or like do you have them written down i have them here i found it posted on my old tumblr <laughs> oh, yes um so <laughs> these are just take a drink that we had which i will mm-hmm. say when we played this it did get a lot but also how we was played this game was drinking. it was it was kind of fast and loose with these with these rules <laughs> um <laughs> So, um, every time you see a shirtless guy, take a drink. So right there, you're like, fucked up. <laughs> um, every time Michael narrates, because it was so sporadic when it happened. Yeah. Well, and we'd started like in the first season, cause I was watching it for the first time and in the first oh, yeah. season, it's a lot more than later. It drops off, but it is wild in later seasons when just randomly an episode will start and then Michael's narrating again. You're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> How come? Um, Debbie makes a sexual innuendo, <laughs> um, all the time. Someone talks about Brian's penis. <laughs> uh, Melanie's a bitch for no reason. <laughs> Honestly, I love her for it. She just snaps at people all the time. Yeah. Um, we should have also put Melanie bringing up the fact that she's Jewish. Because I feel like her yelling mm. at people or saying that she's Jewish. or like That's all the writers knew about her, apparently. Yeah. Um, Emmett talks about his hometown, which did happen in this episode. <laughs> yeah. What is his hometown? It's in Georgia, isn't it? Oh, Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't think remember. about it. I feel like every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah, it's a cute name. Um, yeah. It makes me think of uh, Rose from yeah. Golden Girls. Yeah, Same vibe, same vibe. Which is probably what they were going for when they wrote him, honestly. Yeah. Where were we? Uh, Teddy is self-deprecating. So again, that's like drunk right there. Every episode. Um, Michael mentions comics. <laughs> <laughs> we were stupid. Why were we doing this to us? This is alcohol poisoning on the list. Yeah, especially because later on, Liz, so you know, he he opens his comic book store, mm-hmm. and then him and Justin start making a comic book together. Mm-hmm. Oh, so can we literally, pause for a second that, because in this yeah. episode, Justin's like getting approval to like do digital art, and then it shows oh, him doing his yeah. digital art, and he's like doing a stick figure on a horse. Like it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know that there's more to it, but it was so wild yeah. to see, and he's like grumpy mm-hmm. because he's mad at Brian. It was the funniest thing. Um, um, the next one is just Justin is a douche. <laughs> Iconic. 
accurate. Uh, and Lindsay explains Brian to someone because most of her monologues are like, the thing about Brian you need to know is he doesn't apologize. And you're like, great. Um, and then we have three take a shots. So take a shot whenever there's a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about three times an episode. This is why I only got through one can of beer whenever we hung out because I probably yeah. had like five shots before the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, Brian does something crazy, like <laughs> standing on the edge of a roof and yelling at people and those randomly. Things, those things can combine too. It can be Brian having sex, so a sex scene, and also doing something crazy while he has sex. So that's two shots yeah. right there, you know? Oh, like the wild orgies he has all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Or he's also someone that like, he will be talking to someone at work and like giving a presentation because he creates um like commercial advertising yeah which honestly every single ad is like here's something that looks like a penis everyone's gonna want it because it looks like a penis now or here's shirtless dudes that's what people want to see i was like this is the gayest ad campaign every time (laughs) um but then the person he's pitching to always ends up being gay yeah every time and they like have sex in the bathroom i don't get it it's wild um and then the last thing the last um drinking thing is teddy having sex which is you have to take two <laughs> shots for that because it's so rare uh yeah it's good um i feel like a lot of our drinking games back then were just um more concepts that we could just say take a drink randomly at the screen whenever we thought of it yeah <laughs> i remember us watching legally blonde one time with adriana and her getting so upset because we kept on saying, take a drink. And she's like, why? And we're like, because this thing happened. She's like, no, it didn't. And we're like, it, it's close enough. It's like, you don't need a reason. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, hey, Casey. Yeah. Why are you like this? You know, I actually thought about this one. And, and I had like a longer answer, but I forgot a lot of it. Um, <laughs> but... I guess, which I know a lot of people in the queer community can't say this because they're not, you know, white gay men watching this. But um, it was nice to see myself represented in media for the first time Um, and in various different ways. Uh, It's one reason why I'm always going to love Teddy because I used to be an Eeyore. And so I really relate to that so strongly. Um, But also like... used to be an Eeyore? Yeah, I used to be an Eeyore. I'm happier now, right? (laughs) I don't think I knew you when you were, like, full Eeyore. Yeah, no. I mean, you just say self-deprecating shit about your childhood. It's not so Eeyore. It's like Is it more self-deprecating like... when it's honest? <laughs> 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 Sometimes facts are just facts. Um, but, there, I mean, you did know us uh, as a sad sacky. Remember that one visit to Omaha? <laughs> well, well, I mean, that was, like, a That period. was a special was circumstance. A... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but also, like... Michael being like a nerdy gay guy who was also so like sexually desirable and got to have like, you know, the husband, the house, the kid, even if I hated them, like it, <laughs> it, it was fun. And it was really good at the point where I was when I watched the show to see like so many different queer people living out so many different, different and distinct lives. And it really yeah. opened up like a possibility of like what I could do. And now I could see myself. Um, I also always thought that it was going to be so easy to move to Canada if I ever needed to, because that's what Melanie and Lindsay do. Um, and it's still on my radar, but it's not as easy as they make it seem. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Cindy Lauper's in an episode when a bomb goes off. And so that's why I'm like yeah. this. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Good answer. Good answer.
Good answer, good answer. Oh, I miss playing that with y'all. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up the podcast, I'd like to let you know that you can find us on Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast or Facebook on our Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. If you'd like to reach out to us, we also have an email, which is why am I like this at gmail.com. Uh, and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Um, take a little weekend trip to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and let us know if every cis man there has a giant massive dong yeah but ask <laughs> get, get consent please, to see their penis first <laughs> yeah please don't just go ask people about the I, dick i didn't say you know that they were just ripping down people's pants but no but i want to clarify because sure. so many people you know all of our listeners are going to run to pittsburgh now and just start pants and people <laughs> looking at you mom yeah, Helen's going to be like, I, they told me in the podcast <laughs> what that dick do. <laughs> what that dick do? Oh, my God. Should we do some... I mean, okay, this is maybe a dumb question. Are we all going to have the mini, same mini good thing this week? I mean, I feel like uh, I actually have an, an alternate, like an extra thing. Because okay. I felt like, I obviously, we all know what we're loving right now. Yeah, we're all... Which is we're all one, two, listen. three... Tears, of, Tears the of the Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, it's the new Zelda <laughs> game. It's really fucking fun. It is familiar enough to Breath of the Wild that it's like easy to get into, but there's so much new stuff that it's, it's I don't so know. Much. We were just talking before we started recording about like, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done because there's just so much you can do. Like yeah. Casey and Liz have started doing a bunch of temples, and I just happened to stumble upon a temple one time and I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna do this temple now. Um, and now I have this creepy ghost bird that follows me around. I love you it. You can turn I'll them say, off, by the way. Can you? Yeah. 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 Oh my you go God. into the menu where the little glowing thing is, and then you just click on it, and it'll be like, uh, send them away. Dismiss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Liz, what was your other many good thing? Um, well, my other thing is the uh, book series, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, so I just started reading it. Uh, I read the first book, and I'm in the second book, and it's... Uh, like basically fantasy fairy lots of sexy times it's spicy uh Ooh. and so like it's this world so the main character Feyre she's a human she's like not doing well her and her family are all poor and they live in like a like shack basically and she has to hunt for them to survive and but then she gets caught up in the fairy world and meets a a high oh. fae lord and they fall like kind of in love sort of and um but the second book there's a second love interest who i'm much more interested in it's much of it's very it's giving very like angel spike vibes where it's like i was about to say is that like an angel <laughs> spike kind of thing <laughs> yeah and this is definitely the spike he's like comes off at first as like he's kind of a bad guy but then it's like but is he a bad guy he's like sort of rough around the edges but he's got a sweetheart um so yeah anyways really enjoying it it's like i'm like kind of so so on fantasy so for me to get into it is kind of a big deal because i feel like I don't know. Fantasy is a hard genre for me sometimes unless it has very specific parameters and like fairies and stuff is not usually my vibe, but I feel like, um, yeah, it's just, I'm really enjoying it. There's apparently going to be a TV show eventually. It's still like in talks, but, um, what's it it's, called again? it's a, it's a cool world building, uh, court of thorns and roses. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. It's been on my list for a bit. 
Yeah, so. it's really easy read. Like it's I I feel like the writing is makes it very simple. There's not like a bunch of rules to learn. That's sometimes I think my thing with fantasy is like when there's like too many like mm-hmm. and then this league of people have these certain powers that are controlled like it's like when it gets really complicated I'm like okay, I'm out. But yeah. it's simple enough uh yeah. like that if, I'm, if I'm I really need a chart it. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's another language, yeah, we're we're it's it's too much. Um, speaking of, you actually reminded me because I reread the book Here's to Us and also read um, the book What If It's Us um, by Becky Albertalli and Adam Sevilla. Yeah, Sil- yeah, yeah. Silvera. Silver, Silvera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and What If It's Us is actually, sorry, that's the one that I reread. The first time I read it made me so angry. I remember you being yeah, I remember really that. angry at the book. You hated it. Um. I think just at that time, it was during lockdown, and I just wanted, like, a specific type of, like, mushy rom-com, and this really mm-hmm. wasn't it. But I reread it, and I really loved it the second time around so much. I think once, like, the the notions were gone, um, and I could actually just do it. So I liked it a lot, which actually, here's to us then, the newer one, <laughs> it made me like that way less. <laughs> because essentially what I, I mean, spoilers, sorry. Um, what if it's us, uh, ends with them, like not getting together for specific reasons because they're young, they live in different States and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's to us. You could feel the whole time it's building that they're going to get back together. Um, and it just, I, I liked how they did it and I liked understanding and like seeing their lives, and their point of views, but it, it was still a good book and I had a good time and I still liked it. I was just like, Oh, I kind of liked where it left off and them just being friends and realizing that like, it doesn't work out always, but it was interesting that they wanted to save their friendship and not pursue a relationship any longer so that they could stay within each other's lives. Um, So it was like, Oh, I feel like that's an interesting thing because I read, um, they both die at the end, which is Adam Silvera. And then, I just, re- I mean, I don't know, last year sometime, I read this, the prequel, which was like the first to die at the end. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, because I really liked the They Both Die at the End. I thought it was like really good. I really like how he sets up worlds. But the, set, the prequel, I feel like broke the logic of the whole thing so much oh. to me hmm. that I just had such a hard, because like, I mean, the whole setup is that like, you get like a notification that's like, hey, you're going to die today. Like, and then you can, like, do what you want with that information. Like, you know it's going to happen. But then, like, for the prequel, it was, like, that system, like, starting. And it was Mm. the first person to die, like, in this system. And, like, they keep trying to explain how the system gets set up. and But they, like, are really vague about it. Because clearly there's no way to really explain how this science works. Yeah. And so then, like, it's almost like... So, like, one of the characters is, like, the guy that invented the the app and i'm like they try to talk about him so much that i'm like i now kind of hate this because i feel like this uh, of course Uh, this doesn't make any sense because it's like fucking fictional but like you're trying to explain so much of it anyways i just think it's interesting because it's the same author so like yeah i don't know why people think that they need to like explain sci-fi stuff like i'll just i know i'm like i don't care i'm like yeah i'm like (laughs) i was fine with not knowing anything about the app and just knowing it tells you you're gonna die the end like i was like whatever that's all i need to know great yeah but then they were like well 
like they kept hinting like they were gonna tell you how they do it and then they didn't and I was like I don't know it was just so really weird I was so annoyed and it was like double the length and I was like why I don't know (laughs) yeah you could also just tell like the writers changed their outlook on life it felt like and I think it's because of lockdown Mm. so it was weird to like write a book that doesn't have all that intertwined into it with these characters not having too long of a time between we last saw them to then. Um, But speaking of not having too long of a time between the last time you saw us to the next time, Alec, what are we going to do for our next episode? (laughs) Oh, I was going to add another thing, but it's fine. Oh no, go, go, go. I retract it. (laughs) Cut it out. Take it out. Um, No, I also had something I wanted to add. I recently saw uh, a Broadway play called Leopoldstadt. It's a Tom Stoppard play, and I didn't have initially any interest in it. Um, I'd heard like good things about it, but I'd also heard that it's kind of long. It's a big cast. It like literally spans about fifty or sixty years, from like eighteen ninety nine to like the nineteen fifties. Because no. it's about a family like going like pre Holocaust, going through the Holocaust, and then kind of um, how the descendants like deal with it. Um, and I was like, that sounds like a lot. Um, but I ended up getting like a cheap ticket to it and I went and it's a really beautiful play. Um, I don't really know, like I know who Tom Stoppard is, but I have not really, like, I no idea. think I was supposed to read Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead yeah, for one say, of Jean's classes. Tom Stoppard thing I know. <laughs> I totally did like okay. spark notes of that. Um, yeah, but like <laughs> it, this, I think part of it was, it was directed beautifully. The acting was really great. Um, like the designs all just served the show really well. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see, I hope it gets, um, some good Tony awards because it was just a really, really great show. Um, but yeah, if, uh, any of our listeners want to go see a Broadway show and are in New York, um, and don't want something happy and fun, uh, (laughs) go see Leopold. I mean, it's not like there is a lot of good humor and like levity to parts of it. Like they all just feel like really well-rounded humans. Um, but it's, it's intense. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Amazing. Well, now that's the end of our <laughs> first Pride segment. First Pride segment. Pride segment. Welcome to Gay Town. <laughs> Gay Town, USA. We'll be queer here. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. Uh, so join us next week <laughs> as we continue our Pride Month March with Alex Choice. I'm very excited. We are, I think. This might be the first time we've had a repeat franchise, possibly. Um, But we are doing Pee-wee's Big Adventure because (laughs) nothing says gay more than Pee-wee Herman. Like, it's just so gay. It's so campy. Um, But I'm looking forward to it. I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. No, we won't. It's a podcast. Okay, bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye.